Okay. I, I have bad news. What? I've run out of Starburst. Starburst. I that finished it. Terrible news. <laughs> no, we can't. We can't do this. We can't do this without the Starburst, boys. <laughs> this is an energy sport podcast. Insightful, in-depth, and entertaining sports content from Napier to you. Hello and welcome to Broken Front Wings, the F1 podcast on energy sport. We're back again, having just watched the Monaco Grand Prix, not the most exciting race that we have ever experienced. I'm Alistair Russell, I'm joined by Matthew Henderson, and for the second week in a row, we are joined by Taylor Murray. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. So, it wasn't the most exciting Monaco Grand Prix we've ever seen. Verstappen won from Carlos Sainz, who takes his first podium with Ferrari, and Lando Norris put in a stellar drive to finish third. But in many ways, we were robbed of a race that could have been thanks to Charles Leclerc, who was set to start from pole, not being able to start the race, and when Valtteri Bottas's right front tyre just refused to come off in the pit stop. So in many ways, we were absolutely robbed today. Yeah, I definitely were. Um, as I'm, I'm sure you know, I'm a massive Lando Norris fan, and to be fair, I'm pretty happy with the the result. My three of my favourite drivers were on the podium. Um, so yeah, I can't be too disappointed. I do really like Charles Leclerc. Um, he's a great guy, a brilliant driver, and um, yeah, I just feel really bad for him because I I looked before I went to to work on social media, or I think maybe when I was on my break at work about twelve o'clock, and yeah, it, they said, oh yeah, all good, all ticket boo. Then I got in the door and I found out that Charles Leclerc wasn't starting the race, and it's just. Will that guy ever finish his home Grand Prix is what I want to know. Um, yeah, I feel really bad for him. And to be fair, there's, I've got more reasons to be sad as if Alistair has figured out how to, to edit the the podcast in the way once I have indeed run out of Starburst and it is a tragic moment. <laughs> tragic. Uh, I have to echo what Matthew says uh, and Alistair. Uh, we have been robbed of what could have been a potential, you know, exciting Grand Prix instead of, you know, the usual spiel, you know, uh, Charles Leclerc um, having his uh, first reported gearbox problems, but then we found out it was a rear dry shaft, that, which obviously, you know, could take quite a bit to do, and especially having that out, we thought, well, you know, him out, it's going to be an interesting battle between, you know, Red Bull, Mercedes, uh, Bottas could potentially, you know, throw a spanner works, uh, you know, challenging for Stappen. Then his front right tyre decided to be like a clingy girlfriend and not leave. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I have to agree. We have been robbed and it is one of, you know, I would say disappointments, but I was really happy with how that grid finished. Like, everything that I probably would have asked for did happen. Uh, although I would have, you know, kind of liked more than probably three overtakes, but I was still pretty happy with the racing. And maybe I was a wee bit disappointed to see if the car didn't come out because I did expect yeah. it at one point. But surprised yeah, to be, to be fair. Especially um, with the sponsorships on, and they said that yeah, there'd be a exactly. higher increase, but I, they probably didn't weren't given a close enough reason to because there wasn't even a remote chance of that flag no. getting waved and be like, ah, no, stop, stop. We didn't get a safety car, we didn't get a virtual safety car. We didn't or even, yellow flag. We didn't even get any yellow flags this time, which is surprising for a Highly unusual. Very unusual as well. Yeah, it's highly unusual for a Grand Prix, like, 
just in general. Yeah, it's very true. Let alone Monaco. Yeah, it's very true. Also, of course, we say we were robbed today, but in many ways it has set the championship up nicely because for the first time since Brazil 2013, Red Bull lead both championships. And for the first time since Hockenheim 2018, Mercedes aren't leading either. Yeah, it's... um. Yeah, we say we were disappointed, but if you look at the top six, it's pretty darn good. You've got, obviously, we've talked about the podium, but you've got Sergio Perez in fourth. Now, I don't know if that's just he's lucked into it, or he's genuinely starting to show pace, but that's exactly what Red Bull want from him. When they, on, they would have liked him to be on the podium, it was very close um, to doing that. If it was a normal circuit, he probably would have been able to make that um, that pass on Norris. Um, I think there was a one point something gap um, at the end. But yeah, he did really well. Started ninth, finished fourth around Monaco. That's pretty darn good. Um, and then let's not forget that Sebastian Vettel finished fifth in that Aston Martin, which has been pretty awful uh, this season so far. And Pierre Gasly coming in sixth. And uh, yeah, I think we should definitely talk quite a bit about Lewis Hamilton. Um, Finishing in seventh, very uncharacteristic of him and Mercedes, but something we're all quite glad about because, as you just commented, Alistair, it has set the championship alight in a way that we all really wanted to see it and knew that it could happen with this year's uh, Red Bull being so strong. Yes, indeed, and I think that leads us nicely onto the segue of our drivers of the day. Now, for me, I think there's, there's no shortage of options for drivers of the day. I think, for me, it's a tie between two drivers, one of whom did not put a foot wrong all day and won the race in Max Verstappen, and the other one being a person who's had their best result of the season so far, and my driver of the day, ahead slightly of Max Verstappen, would be Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, I can't really argue with that, to be be fair. Um, I think just he put that Aston Martin in a place that he realistically shouldn't be. Um, it's not the best car. Um, obviously, we've talked about that a little bit and they've been griping a bit about, oh, the regulations, oh, the regulations, we need to take the FIA to court, oh dear. We've been disadvantaged and this, that and the other thing. And Yeah, I think Vettel was, he had a good race. He started eighth. Um, he just must have been lucky um, on the pit stop. And I think Mercedes commented that the undercut was really powerful. So, yeah, Aston Martin just seems to have played their cards right. Lance Stroll finished 8th, um, having started 13th. So, yeah, they definitely um, had a good had a good race. Obviously, can't uh, forget that although Sebastian Vettel started 8th, it was technically 7th um, because Charles Leclerc, although he didn't start the race, they didn't rejig the grid. Everybody still started in the same grid positions. And then Bottas, who was ahead of them, also um, DNF'd due to the 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 incident in the pit stop. So, although technically, um, it is a really good result. It would have been seventh otherwise for Vettel, but I think he would have still been happy with seventh. And um, yeah, that pit stop from Bottas. So, I feel like when Mercedes get it wrong, they don't just want to get it slightly wrong. They have to be the best and get it the most wrong out of everybody. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, it's like they can't settle for being just like a little bit wrong. Because, it, yeah, it was definitely an interesting one because they put the wheel... I don't know what happened. Maybe the wheel gun 
didn't quite get the teeth and the wheel properly. Right. What does that mean? Does that mean it's not threaded properly so the gun didn't grip properly? It means that basically you can turn and turn the wheel gun all you want and it's never going to grip at all. There was no way it was coming off. Fair enough, yeah, because I think what happened was they turned and turned the wheel gun and then that ended up grinding down the the nuts, the, the, sorry, the teeth on the wheel and you could hear it kind of less and less resistance and it was just spinning and nothing was really happening. Um, I, I think one shot you saw a lot of metal dust coming off, so yeah, um, just a not, not a great day for the Mercedes team. It, it was really sad to actually see, you know, the mechanic who was using, see, the wheel gun, he literally just slumped down on his knees as if, like, I've failed. <laughs> like, he was yeah. just so disappointed in himself that he that, couldn't get it off. That would and be yet, awful, though. Or, like, yeah, like, knowing the fact is, like, technically, not that he didn't do his job because there's not much more he could do, but no. the fact is he couldn't get it off is probably a big, massive disappointment to him. You've got one guy, you know, using this wheel gun. They even swapped it out at one point. Then you've got yeah. one guy trying yeah, yeah. to put the wheel off and it's just not coming. <laughs> yeah, no. Was, it was I think, like a big uh, cluster all around. Yeah, I think Croft at one point commented that they need to get a big hammer on, but um, that that would have been interesting to see. But yeah, I, I feel sorry for that mechanic because although he was probably told that wasn't your fault, that thing, that thing could have happened to anybody on a personal level. You're responsible for getting that wheel on and off, and you haven't done that. That's put. That's what will be going through their head. Um, I think it's also. But yeah, it's also really bad for Valtteri Bottas, who it never. Yeah. It never rains. It pours really for him at the moment, which is very unfortunate. So I'd I'd, I'd say we're all fairly in agreement that Mercedes are the the winners of our shocker of the race segment. Oh yeah, definitely. You can't uh, can't really argue against that, can you? No, you cannot. Although one uh, one other good thing is uh, Lando Norris is back up to third in the championship, so that won't last long. <laughs> no, uh... it won't. But he is, he is um, nine points clear of Bottas, so you know, happy days. Happy days indeed. And it, who was it a happy day for then? Who is our team of the day? My team of the day. You know, I think you'd have to put that down to Red Bull. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. I can't. Sometimes I try and be different, but no, I can't. My team of the day has to be Red Bull as well. They look, they're, they had a one four, with a very strong chance of getting a one three, but obviously, it's just so hard to follow around Monaco. We didn't really see any overtaking. Um, all that overtakes came from, like pit people jumping each other in the pit stops and things like that. But yeah, um, you you got to hand it to them. They. Had been quick all weekend. We thought Ferrari, they could win it. And to be fair, Carlos Sainz showed that the Ferrari could have won the race. And that's probably what we've been, been robbed. I think Ferrari deserves certainly an honourable mention in the team of the day because yeah, I agree. They would have. I think it's almost like won the race had they not had the issues on Charles Leclerc's car. Yeah, like we talk about team of the day, but really we're talking about team of the weekend day, aren't we? Because like yeah, yeah, um, Red Bull were really strong all all weekend. Um. Max Verstappen didn't quite put it on pole, but I think he could have. If Leclerc didn't put it in the barriers, I feel that Verstappen could have uh, could have put it on pole. But you never know, Bottas uh, might have done something. I don't know. Yes, obviously, before I give my team of the day, I'd like to say, I, I know it was mentioned, you know, Norris, um, Vettel, obviously, and uh, Ver, 
Who did you say, Alistair, for Staffan? Or for who was Staffan. your other? There's Staffan Vettel, we're mine. Yeah, I, I'd like to just say, uh, obviously Norris, for me, was if you had to vote for one as driver of the day, it was Norris, because that was exceptional. But I was really, really impressed with Gasly. Like, the fact is... Gasly had uh, an excellent race. Yeah, the fact absolutely is he yeah, the fact he even held off Lewis Hamilton, like, Lewis Hamilton at one point was, like, less than, like, half a second behind him. And I was like, yeah, as, as soon as you get Hamilton in that range, you know that's that you're screwed. But I know Monaco's traditional very, very hard, like, the hardest to overtake. It's not impossible. So if anybody can do it, you obviously put your money on Lewis Hamilton to do it. And the fact Gasly held him off was tremendous. Too. And then I'm pretty sure at one point, I think he even finished a good bit ahead of him, like, in the end, so which shows that uh, Gasly was very confident in that car and dragging Alpha Tauri like right up there. Considering Yuki Sonoda decided that he wanted to challenge Mazepin for a really bad race, <laughs> <laughs> but when yeah. it comes to uh, team of the day, um, yeah, I think I've said that when I was on this last week at Red Bull, I just have a really soft spot and a fascination with them. Probably because of Christian Horner, Verstappen, Perez, like everybody just seems to click there, and I just like everybody just you know is likable, and I have to go I agree with that. Red Bull were just tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um, they were uh, just did everything correct, you know. They just did what was expected of them, and sometimes uh, folks say that's quite boring. I think that needs to be commended at times, like how hard it is to do what people expect you to do, and and that's why I'm going to give them their team of the day. Yeah, no, that's definitely well said. I think another um, another honourable mention should be Alfa Romeo. They finished in the points with Antonio Giovinazzi. He finished where he started in 10th. Kimi Raikkonen started 14th, made it up to 11th. Um, yeah, a very good uh, performance from Giovinazzi. I don't know if this was his first Q3 appearance of the year. It was, if I believe. It was, yeah. Then uh, That was definitely... A well-deserved tenth place. He, yeah, the the, the Alpha Romeo seems to be pretty decent around here. I mean, obviously it's hard to overtake. So I think maybe if they were on a normal circuit, they probably would have been hunted down, like they often are. They often start good, but then just aren't as quick. They, I think they had today. They, they did. They did. They did. They were able to show, and indeed, it yeah. is difficult to overtake. But Antonio Giovinazzi was, of course, one of the few people who managed an overtake on the first lap of the race. Oh, yeah, that's true. They not were in the... It was a spectacular overtake around the outside of uh, Esteban Ocon at Mirabeau. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that, that's that's true, actually. I forgot about that. Would anyone um, like yeah, to nominate they, they... that as their move of the race? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know, to be fair. I think my, my move of the race, probably... Oh, I don't know, actually, what move of the race is. You'll have to come back to me. Well... My move of the race would, I have to think, would be Vettel on Gasly at Massenet to take fifth place. That would be my move of the yeah, race. Nah. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. That was a very good move and a wee bit of bravery there. Um, I'm actually struggling to rack my brain for one. Yeah, There's actually not too many stand out you know, in my memory because mostly I was just fascinated with other little battles, especially when it got to a point where I think four people were battling for the last point spot uh, when it was, uh, I think even Daniel Ricciardo at 12 was even battling at one point, so I was like, yeah, he was, Um, yeah, he was in the mix. I'd say, it's quite boring seeing this, but I think my move of the day would arguably be right at the very start, the way Verstappen had lined up and to him to cut Bottas off, even after getting a very poor start, was pretty impressive, because I think Bottas had... uh, 
better grip on that side. Um, he had a better launch, and Verstappen was very smart at angling his car to the right from the start, and to just to cut Bottas off to then you know, which paid dividends in the end as he finished where he started. So I would say that that was my move. That was a very good move, actually. Exactly what Max Verstappen needed to do. It was aggressive, but it was on the limit. I can mm-hmm. think of, uh, other than the ones we've mentioned, on Vettel and Gasly at Mastini, Giovinazzi around, uh, around the outside of Ocon at Mirabeau, and Verstappen at the start, I can think of only one other move, which was Mick Schumacher went up the inside of Nikita Mazepin at the Lowe's hairpin, which in itself was quite an impressive move, even if Mick had a bit of a dire race after that. But still, he went up the inside of Mazepin at the hairpin, and it was quite a good move. Yeah, that's quite brave going up inside of Mazepin. You never know what he's going to do. <laughs> um, I mean, that's and doing that to Mazepin that at that hairpin, it's like, yeah, that's uh, that's Austrian. I think one of the commentators, either Brundle or Crofty, commented that. Um, commented, commented. There we go. No, that's English. Um, commented that that was something his dad would do. It's a very Schumacher, um, signature move. So yeah, he's. I think Mike, Mike, oh dear, what's happening to me? Mick Schumacher has the skills to pay the bills and that has, but the hat is not very good, so it finishes last pretty that much every time. It's very true. There wasn't a great deal of action, and hopefully we will have a lot more action at the next race, which is in Baku in two weeks' time. That is about all we have time for today. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you will enjoy the next race as much as we hopefully will do as well. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.